Chapter One of What Happened Then Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jen Broda. What Happened Then Stories by Ruth O'Dyer. Chapter One The Pied Piper of Hamlin. What Had Already Happened. Many, many years ago, in a country far away, there was a beautiful little village called Hamlin. You could scarcely imagine a prettier town than this. Its streets were lined on either side by beautiful shade trees. The houses were tastefully built, and the gardens well planned. And best of all, beautiful children played on almost every lawn. On one side of the town of Hamlin was a large river, and on another side, a lofty mountain which reflected the sunsets. If it had not been for one thing, this might have been one of the happiest spots on earth. But there were so many rats in this beautiful village that the people began to think that they would have to move out and let the rats have the town to themselves. You will be surprised when you hear of the many things those rats did. They fought the dogs and killed the cats and bit the babies in the cradles and ate the cheeses out of the vats, and licked the soup from the cook's own ladles, split open the kegs of salted sprats, made nests inside men's Sunday hats, and even spoiled the women's chats by drowning their speaking with shrieking and squeaking in fifty different sharps and flats. Of course, all this was very provoking indeed, and at last the mayor and his council met to see if they could find some way to get rid of the rats. They talked and argued for an hour, but they could not come to any decision. They had almost decided to go home when they heard a gentle tap on the door. "'What is that?' cried the mayor. "'I think it was someone scraping his shoes on the mat,' answered one of the councilmen. "'Anything like the sound of a rat?' makes my heart go pit-a-pat said the mayor then the knocking was heard again come in cried the mayor and in did come the strangest figure his queer long coat from heel to head was half of yellow and half of red and he himself was tall and thin with sharp blue eyes each like a pin and light loose hair yet swarthy skin, no tuft on cheek nor beard on chin, but lips where smiles went out and in. The mayor and his council looked up in surprise, for they had never before seen anyone quite so quaint. The newcomer walked right up to the table at which the mayor sat and said, Please, your honor, I am able, by means of a secret charm which I possess, to draw after me all things that creep, swim, fly, or run. I use this charm chiefly on creatures that do people harm. People call me the Pied Piper because I dress in many colors and play upon this pipe. As he spoke, his fingers lingered on his pipe, which was tied to a red and yellow scarf, thrown loosely around his neck. The mayor and his council stared in surprise for already they were beginning to believe that the Pied Piper really possessed a charm. When the Piper saw that they hesitated, he said, 
I'm only a poor piper, it is true, but I have freed many countries from insects, and I can rid your town of rats. All I ask is that when the rats are all gone, you shall give me a thousand guilders. This would be about the same as four hundred dollars. Why, we will give you fifty times as much money as that, cried the astonished mayor. Enough, said the Pied Piper, and he stepped into the street and began playing his pipe. Before he had played three notes, out of the houses the rats came tumbling, great rats, small rats, lean rats, brawny rats, brown rats, black rats, gray rats, tawny rats, grave old plotters, gay young friskers, fathers, mothers, uncles, cousins, cocking tails and prickling whiskers, families by tens and dozens, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, followed the piper for their lives. Perhaps you are wondering why they followed him. Of course you know that it was a charmed pipe on which the piper played, and while the mayor and his council and all the other people of the village, who flocked to their doors to listen, heard only sweet music from it, the rats heard something much more wonderful. They heard sounds of ripe apples being ground into a cider press, they heard the hoops breaking from butter tubs. In fact, the music made them see all the things which rats love to eat, and they heard voices in the music which said, This is a day in which all rats should rejoice. Come, eat all you wish. Get your breakfast, supper, dinner, and luncheon. There is a plenty, and some to spare. You can imagine that this was good news to a crowd of hungry rats but the piper led them to the river, and they never came back to bother the people of Hamlin again. You should have heard the Hamlin people, ringing the bells till they rocked the steeple. Go, cried the mayor, and get long poles. Poke out the nests and block up the holes. Consult with carpenters and builders, and leave in our town not even a trace of the rats. My money first, if you please said the piper who had returned. Oh, said the mayor, with a knowing wink at his friends. That was such an easy thing for you to do. We saw the rats drown in the river, and they cannot come to life again. We will give you fifty guilders, but we cannot give you a thousand. The piper looked down as he said, in a calm, quiet tone, I will not have any trifling, I can't wait. I have promised to be somewhere else by dinner time. I will not take less than you promised. And folks who put me in a passion may find me pipe to another fashion. But the mayor only laughed and said, You threaten us, fellow? Do your worst. Blow your pipe there till you burst. Once more the Pied Piper stepped into the street. He put his pipe to his lips and began to play. Before he had played three notes, out came the children running, all the little boys and girls, with rosy cheeks and flaxen curls, and sparkling eyes and teeth like pearls. Tripping and skipping ran merrily after, the wonderful music with shouting and laughter. The mayor and his council stood as if turned to stone, 
they saw him go straight toward the river. Oh, he will drown our children just as he did the rats, they cried. But the Pied Piper turned and went towards the mountain which reflected the sunsets, and the children followed him on and on. Perhaps you are wondering why they followed him. Why, just because the charmed pipe played charmed music and told the children many wonderful things. It told them about a joyous land, joining the town and just at hand, where waters gushed and fruit trees grew, and flowers put forth a fairer hue, and everything was strange and new. The sparrows were brighter than peacocks here, and their dogs outran our fallow deer, and honey-bees had lost their stings, and horses were born with eagles' wings. Oh, it was indeed a beautiful land which they heard of in the Pied Piper's music. He cannot cross the mountain, said the people. He will stop when he comes to its rugged side. But did he stop? No, indeed. When he reached the mountain, a great door opened. The Pied Piper passed in, and all the children followed him. That is, all except one little boy who was lame, and who had tried so hard to keep up, but could not. He was left outside, for when the Pied Piper and the other children passed inside, the great door closed. The Pied Piper of Hamlin, What Happened Then? So you really thought that when the Pied Piper led the children through the open door in the mountain and the door closed, that the children never saw their parents again, and that they stayed behind those closed doors for the rest of their lives. Of course, nothing like that happened, for that would not have made a good story at all. But let me tell you what did happen, something that you would like to have happen to you. You remember, of course, that when the Pied Piper played his beautiful music, the children saw all sorts of wonderful and unusual things. They saw green meadows in which little children played until they really wanted to go to sleep. They saw great trees bending low with candy. They saw a land where children were never made to do anything they did not wish to do. When the doors in the mountain closed, the children found that all these things were true. There were beautiful trees on which grew peppermint creams, chocolate caramels, and all candies dearly loved by little children. The green meadows were there, too, and everything just as the music had led them to believe. And for three long days, only they seemed very short days to the children, everything was so new and wonderful to these dear little people, they forgot that they did not have their mothers and fathers forgot that their homes were far away. They did not even miss the little lame boy who was left outside. On the fourth day, a little curly-haired youngster of four stubbed his toe, for he had not discovered before that there were stones in the beautiful meadow. Tears gathered in his eyes, and he began to cry and ask for his mother. All the other children gathered around him, and soon they were all crying. I want my mother. That old piper must take us home. When they looked up, the piper was nowhere to be seen. But dancing out in the clover field were hundreds of little fairies, for this, as you know, was fairyland, 
or else all these wonderful things could not have happened the fairies were having a dance but it is a known law in fairyland that dancing can only take place when everyone is happy therefore the moment the fairies heard the children's sobs they stopped dancing and rushed to the scene of the trouble first the poor bruised toe had to be attended to and all the time the fairies were doing this they looked thoughtful children said the most beautiful fairy of all you have had three happy days but now comes a more serious time i hope in the end you will be happier because of it you are all crying for your mothers and fathers but you cannot go back to them until you lose all your bad habits for there have been many hours that you have spent with your parents when these same habits have caused them many heartaches think hard now and remember the times you have grieved your parents by your misdeeds then the children began recalling them so fast that the recording fairy could scarcely write them down rapidly enough mary had told little falsehood so many many times jenny had been so rude that on one or two occasions she had gone so far as to scratch her playmates and tear their dresses john had teased and tormented cats and dogs earl had meddled with things which did not belong to him and which he had been forbidden to handle there were so very many different things that another fairy had to relieve the first one whose hand had grown tired from holding the fairy pen then the queen of the fairies spoke her voice was low and sweet and on her face was a look which said plainer than words i feel so sorry that i must speak as i am forced to do my dear little children she said you have perhaps never known before that this is the land where all wrongs are righted i had the pied piper bring you here because i saw without this visit you would never see your errors and day by day things would grow worse and worse we have given you three happy blissful days but now you must see things as they are candy-laden trees will in time make you sick long days of play without the much-needed sleep will by and by make you long for rest the green grass cannot always cover the stones in our pathway and when we are sick tired and hurt we long for that best friend of all our mothers but before you go back you must right all your wrongs lose your bad habits and make of yourselves what you ought to be you must learn to bear disappointment and not murmur you must learn to speak the truth at all times you must gain self-control to such an extent that there will be no more pinching scratching or tearing of your playmates clothes teasing and tormenting dumb animals must be a thing of the past and meddling and disobedience must cease how sad and serious the children looked for all these things seemed impossible but yet if accomplishing them was the only gateway through which they might again be with their mothers and fathers then be it ever so hard it must be done such long hard days followed the children saw the candy-laden trees disappear 
and in their place grew bitter fruit but little by little they learned not to murmur even though their dearest wishes were not gratified at first they tried to hide their mistakes and shortcomings by telling falsehoods but it was not long before they learned that the truthful course is the better even jenny learned to control herself so well that she could play with the most disagreeable companions and not lose her self-control john found that cats and dogs if treated right make just as good friends as boys and earl learned from some very hard lessons that meddling does not pay i cannot tell you how the fairies brought all this about so i shall tell you how earl was cured and you can imagine all the rest you remember his chief fault was meddling with things he was told not to touch the day on which he had his greatest trial was the fairy queen's birthday all fairyland had met to decide on a fitting present for their queen at last they reached a decision and placed the gift upon a stand entwined with smilax it was held in a small golden box and earl was extremely anxious to see what that box contained he stood before it and argued to himself i will be oh so careful surely it will not harm it if i lift the lid the tiniest bit he crept up very close and touched the delicate golden box very lightly how beautiful it was what could it contain he felt he just must look he opened the lid only a little way and out poured a thin blue smoke he did not have time to wonder for in a twinkling of an eye the fairies had assembled oh see what the meddler has done they cried we have gone to so much trouble to collect the best blue smoke for our fairy queen that she might smoke her glasses and thus be able to sit in the sun without discomfort and here it has all been wasted poor earl could only say that he was very very sorry but of course that did no good he loved the fairy queen dearly and the fact that he was the cause of destroying her birthday gift made him very uncomfortable but even though the lessons were hard they all learned in time and the day came when the pied piper returned and played his enchanted pipes again but this time he played a magic tune which showed the homesick children cosy firesides kind fathers and mothers cool clean beds with fresh linen covered pillows for tired heads and days of peace filled with kind and loving deeds oh how gladly the children followed him and how happy they rushed into the arms of their parents wiser and better children for their brief visit to fairyland end of the pied piper of hamlin recording by jen broda